Hey everybody, it's Amber Autumn, your second sexier podcast co-host, the one you always had a crush on. Don't worry, I feel the same way. Um, I am here to say, to same as last week, just sort of acknowledge that there's some audio weirdness in this episode. Um, uh, this uh, My audio on this end, you'll notice, sounds a little bit, um, uh, what's the word, uh, uh, worse. Um, uh, so... Uh, uh, that's a result of me recording on a different sound setup. Uh, uh, I only record on that sound setup for a couple of episodes, so don't worry, it's just this one and then a couple more, and the Christmas episodes that are upcoming should be fine. Um, so just wanted to get out in front of that. Um, uh, please don't stop listening to our podcast because this one episode had a little bit of audio funkiness. Okay, on with the show. So, Amber, I have a real quick question. <laughs> yeah, okay, go for it. Get, I'm, I'm going to lay out two film franchises, and I want you to tell me which you think is more important to our friendship specifically, and that is Godzilla. Okay. Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Um, I think that to me... The more important one in our friendship is Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Um, that is correct. Yeah. I mean, we both love Godzilla, and Godzilla is very important to both of us, right? Uh, but in terms of, like, our history and our relationship with each other um, over the course of time, yeah, it's of course it's Spider-Man, right? That was um, the first time that Devin and I uh, spent time together outside of school. We met... This is, we're going to give you some lore here um, because I think it would be fun to do. Uh, the first time that Devin and I met, we met at our high school's Doctor Who club because we were very cool and sexy. I promise you that Doctor Who episode is still going to come someday. Uh, the first time we hung out after, like outside of the context of that club, um, Devin had a really big crush on this girl who was a redhead, um, but she was gay. Um, and uh, he was very distraught about it. And so we went over to my place. And we watched Sam Raimi's Spider-Man number one, and we riffed the thing the whole time. And we made a shit ton of jokes about um, Mary Jane being a lesbian um, because she had red hair. And and sorry, Peter, she's just not into you. Um, uh, and that was and and now we have a podcast together, fucking like a decade <laughs> later. Um, <laughs> now you're listening to this as a res- like it's the Domino's meme. Shut up. Oh, I'm I'm. I know what I'm editing after we're done with this one and then posting and then no one's going to get it because of how episodes get released. Because it takes like three months for these to come out, yeah. But it, yes, God, those movies really set the tone for the course of our friendship. Anyways, that has nothing to do with today's episode. What are we talking about today? That is nothing. Wait, Devin, why did you bring it up? <laughs> I'm planting the seeds. You're oh, you're planting the seeds. Got it. I'm planting the seeds. It's set up. And eagle, there's gonna be payoff later. Eagle-eyed listeners, the, the diehard are fans gonna be like every episode. Are gonna be like, holy shit! They really, they really wanted it. So, um, uh, today we are talking about uh, newspaper comics. Um, uh, oh, awesome! Bunnies. We're gonna. 
we're gonna we're gonna talk about like Calvin and Hobbes and imagination, or like talk about the history of uh, Garfield and Heathcliff and how Heathcliff actually comes first, but Garfield was more mainstream and easily digestible, so he became the one everyone thinks is the ripoff. Like, right? We're really gonna get into it. Like, talk about how one of the first superheroes is the Phantom, and the Phantom comes entirely from comic strips, right? We are gonna talk a little bit about that, um, and ultimately, the character we're going to make is going to be like some boomer shit. We're going to make a nine chickweed lane character. We're going to make a Kathy character. We're going to make a fucking uh, 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 a pre-modern Nancy character. Um, uh, because newspaper comics, as we all know, um, are for the boomers. Because uh, they're, it's a medium for the boomers. And also, in order to get syndicated... Um, you need to appeal to the boomers in order to make it onto newspaper strips. Um, uh, and there are, of course, some exceptions to that. Um, you know, we, we, of course, are going to talk about Calvin and Hobbes a little bit because Calvin and Hobbes is indisputably the single best newspaper comic strip ever made, and no one in the world can ever disagree with that. Uh, and we're not going to make a Calvin and Hobbes here. I actually was... There, there were a couple I was specifically thinking of doing, like, oh, like, what if we did, like... A Garfield one, but Garfield felt a little, like, overplayed, um, you know? Um, or, like, oh, what if we did Pearls Before Swine? But I actually like Pearls Before Swine. Um, and so I kind of settled on just, like, let's just do... Let's just come up with a newspaper funnies character. Let's invent one for ourselves. All right. So the riffing, dude, because that... That diatribe made me go, okay, let's let's talk about the character. But then it's a really short episode, so let's riff a little bit. Well, uh, I think we can like we can like talk a little bit about like like what are the kinds of comics that make it into newspapers? Um, uh, what is like what is like a syndicated boomer comic look like? We don't really have them anymore. We don't. So there was a really big deal a couple of years ago when the Nancy comic got like a new author um, and she's like really funny and like uh, has like much a much younger sensibility of humor. But like by and large, there's like there's like a set of conventions that like dominate the industry. So like what is it that defines your like your Otis's and um, uh, your your Thick. and your Dilbert's? Thick line art, simple shapes, jokes that when you read as a kid, you go, this will be funny one day. And then you grow up and you go, you know what? This still isn't funny. But your grandma thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. And it's all like it's I mean, correct me on this if I'm wrong, but it's like all white people and then like boondocks, right? Like that's. Uh, hibbity dib. Um, there's. I don't know the. I don't know the comic strip specifically, but there is one where there's a black family, and very specifically, very important for peanut history is having Franklin was like their own mini form of protest, and the reason Franklin is great in the comic specifically is because they hung out with a black kid, and that was it. It was just an unavoidable fact of life that he was there. And then the movie happens and he has to sit alone at Thanksgiving and he sees Snoopy and hip hop plays and they do a dance. That's a shame. Life be happening. It's funny that I didn't even think to bring up Peanuts because of course Peanuts is like, 
like the er comic, right? It's like the newspaper funnies comic that exists. Um, and I think that a lot of people like their your, like your association that you have with peanuts isn't necessarily actually about it being funny because it's not ultimately all that funny, right? There's a few gags that we remember, right? Pulling the football away from Charlie Brown as he goes to kick it is uh, like a part of the cultural lexicon forever. Um, uh, but like when I think about peanuts and I think about people's memories of peanut, I think about uh, I think about the Great Pumpkin and I think about the like storyline where Charlie Brown catches the baseball and I think about those two gay kids, um, right? I don't necessarily think about the jokes. Yeah, if you if you put a gun to my head and were like, "What's a moment? What's a moment that made you laugh?" I'd be like, "Oh my god! Oh oh no!" But I I I remember like you have to believe in the Great Pumpkin, and as you get older, you're like, "Is this a pontification about the nature of faith, or like?" this weird peanuts stage production and it the bit was just a girl smiled at charlie brown and it was the greatest day of his life and as a child with asperger's whose version of flirting is looking in someone's direction and hoping they look back if someone looks at me and smiles god damn that feels good we're gonna be making mary jane jokes for the rest of the week if you do that if that happens <laughs> So, like, like that feels like a reason why Charlie Brown is enduring. And obviously that's also, like, the reason that Calvin and Hobbes is enduring, right? You remember Calvin and Hobbes for the emotions. Um, there are a few other enduring strips. Um, there's Dilbert, which we all know and love. Our fav Everyone's collective favorite strip, Dilbert, that we all love. And we all love Scott Adams, and we think he's a genius, and we like to listen to the things that he does. Um, you, you know, it's, it's my job on this podcast to talk about right-wing weirdos and engage in the right-wing disinformation ecosystem. But I'm going to take a hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't even want to talk about Scott Adams. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Scott Adams. But Dilbert, but like it is, it is like an enduring comics, like piece of culture, right? And same about Garfield. Like Garfield is like, it's a joke. And it also sort of is... Uh, uh, a thing that we all know about, right? Even if we all think it's kind of stupid, everybody knows Garfield. Um, and everybody loves to shop on the Wee Chopping channel every Wednesday. I don't know. I guess the first thing that I want to do in the process of, of, of coming up with a character is, like, figuring out what are some qualities of, like, an unfunny syndicated comic strip. Because um, like, I was talking to my girlfriend about it earlier, uh, and earlier today, and she was like, yeah, there's, like, two real main kinds of of boomer comics. The ones that are, like, explicitly trying to be very political, or, like, the ones that are explicitly trying to avoid being political, um, that have to, like, wash themselves 100% of any distinguishing characteristics in order to be successful or syndicated. So, like, so, like, you have, like, a set of stock jokes in, like, a Garfield strip, right? And... Pretty much every single time that you read a Garfield strip, the joke is like Garfield does something uh, rude or in keeping with his character in some way, like that fits one of the like six jokes that they have. And then he turns to the camera and goes, well, I sure did do that thing. Right. And it's just variations on that every day for decades because it's not because like three panels isn't really enough to set up a compelling joke. Right. It's tweeting. But you have to do a tweet every week, and the tweet has to be accessible to everyone. 
and you have to it has to be all joke tweets and and you will run out of room on those tweets at some point you'll run out of ideas of things to tweet about after enough time um uh so you have to like come up with characters and storylines with a few set of like stock jokes that they can make i also while we're riffing want to bring up chickweed lane do you know about nine chickweed lane i do not okay um i'm going to encourage you to pause and just google nine chickweed lane right now and just look at a couple of strips just a hand just any like choose like three random chickweed lane strips and read them and then give us a live reaction on air me yes you right now oh shit oh i thought you were talking to the audience <laughs> i mean i also saying... encourage the audience to do it it's incredible all right uh, three weed lane uh nine chickweed lane oh this thing <laughs> god yeah this is it's it's still in keeping with the like oh this will be funny when i'm older and now i'm older and i'm like well it's not funny but it is the horniest webcomic or it's the horny god webcomic jesus christ it is the horniest comic you've ever read in your read in your entire life right amber i i've read porn dude somehow this is hornier than some of the porn that I've read. Okay, okay. <laughs> let me just let me just fucking read you this nine chickweed lane comic strip. Let me just I'm gonna read I'm gonna so it's it's a couple and they're walking. Um and she says, Can you imagine for a moment being our kids, thinking of us locked in an act of most private intimacy? And then there's like a panel where they're staring at each other, and then a panel where they're making out. That's the joke. They just imagine being their kids, thinking about them having sex, and then they start making out. Like, <laughs> that's, that's so much more, like, weirdly nakedly honest about, like, what turns whoever is writing this on than, like, any fucking porn I've ever read has ever dared to be. I don't know, man. I... I read some doujins where the mom was like, don't say pussy. And then I read the comments. <laughs> this is my favorite comment of all time. <laughs> but someone who was a loser like me reading fucking doujins was like, bitch, you are his son. Fucking him in his school. Why are you shy at the word pussy? <laughs> That's and that true. is in my brain forever. <laughs> like, like the thing about this kind of horny for me, I think, is that, is, like, you're totally right. Like, it's like, it's like they're saying and doing a lot of horny shit without saying the word pussy, right? Um, uh, that somehow makes it hornier for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to turn to the Pat Oswalt bit about how G-rated filth is way more disgusting. <laughs> Like, yeah, it is some of that. I'm going to fill your hoo-ha with goof juice. Yeah, yeah, say that the next time you're fucking get ready for the wintry freshness of mace. God, it's 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 that last time where you were like, what if they're a, a horny bender? And I, I was like, it always comes back to being horny with us, doesn't it? I don't know what you're talking about. I've never had sex before. Yeah, sex is uh, weird and scary. So uh, I watch anime. I've never had it. I'm uh, I'm collecting my power, 
and if I don't masturbate for a week, and if a bunch of dudes punch me, and I can name five cereals, I get to be a proud boy. What? Oh, you you don't. Oh, god damn it! <laughs> Fuck you, Dilbert. We're talking about the proud boys. That you didn't know. That's like part of their initiation ritual. Is that because have you, you have to? You have to know breakfast cereals. You. You have to prove that you can focus under pressure so, like, your friends all get in a circle and punch on you, and it, if you name five cereals, you can be a proud boy. That's so horny. <laughs> Is it? And, and you can't masturbate because it'll, like, release your testosterone or whatever the fuck. So, yeah, it's really horny. That's really horny. <laughs> can that be the next 5'9 lady comic, just the proud boy initiation? Surely, surely we can find a way to turn this into an Abby Shapiro joke. Oh. Devin, what are what are some what are some boomer comics that you've read in your life? Um, the one where it's the the yellow dog and like his his owner is like I wanna say Mother Goose. Those were ones I remembered looking forward to. Oh no, my favorite one. The one that my grandma had stuck on the fridge, and I was like, no, this is actually funny, is uh, not Dennis the Menace, but, like, the weird little boy and girl with... uh, I'm not going to remember. Fuck it. But uh, someone hands him a slingshot, and he puts his hand out and shakes his head, and he goes, I'm sorry, sir, but my mother says I'm not allowed to play with weapons of mass destruction. Okay, the first one is Mother Goose and Grimm. I don't know what the next one is. Yeah, I'm not going to remember either. But yeah, Mother Goose and Grimm, those were the ones I would look forward to with my grandma. Never got the joke. I know know a lot about Garfield and Heathcliff. That being said, I don't give a shit about either Garfield or Heathcliff. They've been talked about to death. I mean, there's, you know, let me just just fucking name some. Hagar the Horrible, uh, Blondie, Zitz, Baby Blues. Foxtrot, Beetle Bailey, Family Circus, fucking some others probably. Is this what it feels like when I talk about wrestling and I'm just like, oh no, man, fucking in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Kenny Omega's the leader of Bullet Club and yeah. he was feuding with Hiroji Ta- <laughs> Yeah, I'm just doing this to fuck with you in that way, just to like, <laughs> that's okay. You don't need to know any of these. They're all the same. Non sequitur is maybe different. I would be interested to revisit non sequitur someday to just like see if it's interesting and actually good because it feels like it might actually be good in retrospect. Don't quote me on that. I haven't read it since I was a kid. I just know that I didn't get it as a kid, but I didn't get it in an in, in an interesting way. Um, Heathcliff canonically hates cops. That's all. That's I just want to bring that up. Hell yeah. Because Heathcliff's dad went to jail. Yeah, he did. He like digs his way out with a spoon right i don't remember i just remember like heathcliff like is running a racket and his dad went to jail for it i also just while we're here with no time in particular this is my episode to just fucking talk uh i want to bring up ray the doe um ray the doe is a i think it actually did get syndicated it's a it's it's a comic strip by i don't know this trans woman on twitter who is writing this like daily like newspaper comic style comic strip about a trans deer named ray um and that's it and i gotta be careful because i don't know being trans is very small and it's not likely but it is technically possible in a way that it isn't with the other people 
um, that all of something or another is going to hear this at some point. And I, it's not my favorite comic strip in the world, and I want to be delicate about that. Um, but I think that it's interesting that it like very much exists in the world of the internet. Um, in like a in like a post Twitter world that it got big on like Twitter um, and is talking about being trans and it's doing it in the same like cadence and vocabulary or, or cadence and, and like tone and vocabulary as a lot of these like older newspaper comics and it's very much working in that lineage which is how it got syndicated um, and that like reading it feels a lot like reading you know a, 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 a family circus comic or what have you. Also, there's Farside, but everybody loves Farside. Everybody loves Farside. Thank you for letting me talk a little bit. We may want to start thinking about like a like a like a comic book concept. We don't have to like sketch out the whole comic, but I imagine we'll probably be coming up with like the protagonist of a boomer newspaper comic. And so some common categories of that are like like a like a normal 1950s American family. Um, okay, I have an idea. Oh, I have an oh, idea. Oh, oh, okay, go. Okay, so. This is going to be very weird, but just let me get the ball rolling. So, like, you know how God is dead, right? I do, and we killed him. <laughs> God is dead. We killed him. But it's about how, like, we can't communicate with each other. And so, like, these are jokes that don't make any fucking sense to me, and they never will. But if there's one thing I do know about boomers, it's that the reason you're all so fucked is because that, that feeling of wrongness, that something is inherently wrong with the system we all have to live in, it's something we all intrinsically understand. And part of the reason boomers feel it is because they grew up with Cold War paranoia, and then the Cold War ended, but this horrible feeling of existential dread never went away, so they just found new places to put it. So what if we did a comic where the joke is, I feel bad all the time despite being trapped but despite being surrounded by the trappings of everything the world has told me, like, should make me happy. So it's this nuclear family with a white picket fence. And the joke at the end is always, God, I'm sad. God, how, like, self-aware. Um, how very Fight Club of us. Uh, or, or maybe maybe the comic isn't, maybe you're not saying the comic is self-aware. Maybe you're just saying that, like, that's the joke. And we know why the comic is that way, even if they don't necessarily know why. Yeah, I I would like to, on one of these episodes, tackle the idea of, like, the audience doesn't always get it. You know what I'm saying? People people walk away from American History X and like, damn, a Nazi was kind of cool. You know what I mean? So these are, like, these are characters who, like, live in a contemporary world, but in, like, a very... 1950s sort of a way with a white picket fence um and are very sad and distressed um can one or more of them be talking animals yes that's just a yes 100 right? yeah i want a goldfish i want i want a goldfish who is very aware of the existential dread because a goldfish's life is in a glass fish boy also just a quick aside goldfishes can live for a very long time it's just we all shove them in a gold bowl and nothing's meant to live like that please if you get a goldfish get a get a tank get a filtration system get look into it they're not just supposed to be once a week pets that we flush down the toilet damn that's good to know okay so let me make you a pitch. 
<laughs> Go um, for it. So we want a community um, which is experiencing like a state of like economic prosperity, but who nevertheless are experiencing existential dread and alienation, um, likely by virtue of living in capitalism. So, concept. What if I steal a page out of uh, the Warrior Cats book series, a series I will never do an episode on, um, and it's their, it's house cats, um, and we have, like, a world of, like, it's not Garfield, fuck, it's, I feel like this is too close to Garfield, um, uh, so you have, a, you have, like, this community of, of, like, cats, sentient cats that communicate with each other, humans are either off-screen never spoken of or we don't understand what they're saying um like the parents and peanuts and uh the cats like because they are house cats they live like lives of luxury um uh, and they have all the things that they could ever want but they also still have like cute little human jobs and shit right because they are cats in a cute little comic strip which means they have to have cute little cat jobs that they go to and as a result they experience like alienation and and distress and they are not happy even though they have everything that they could ever possibly want is that i'm anything? down with i just don't want them to be cats it's okay. it's a very it's a very shallow aesthetically i don't want a cat comic <laughs> do you feel fine. what i'm saying i'm okay with it being like a dog comic or i don't know really anything what if, else i guess um what if we go fantasy like just a, a land of fantasy monsters just because that would look different on because we also if we're making a comic strip you are competing for people's attention on the page it's true and dragons like what the never a dragon on my sunday funnies i think that makes complete sense as long as we keep the fantasy sort of like arch and recognizable enough right yeah we're not doing crazy fun stuff we're doing fucking the goblin right um so who so so what is our what is our cast of main characters then? Oh, it has to be like, like I don't know, like Fred the Goblin or some shit. Something that it's on a newspaper. Funny. The thing is that the goblins don't necessarily, in most cases, have everything they could ever want. Right? We want someone who like is having their needs met by living in this fantasy world, but still has to work because it's a newspaper comic, and therefore they have to work. Oh, could their could their boss, like. Uh, be an 80s thing where it's donald trump because in the 80s we all collectively agreed that this bad man is a bad man and so like the boss is a dragon who literally lives in a gold tower Ooh, i like that like they're like they're 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 kobolds who work for a goblin we can't call them kobolds we call them goblins because people know what because because some people know what goblins are and no boomer has ever heard the word kobold before um that's uh, true. But I know in my heart that they're kobolds. Yeah, and they like they like work for the dragon, and the dragon is a shitty evil cartoon character man um who has all the money that they could ever possibly want. Yeah, I'm into that. And if you dear listener are upset that I said Donald Trump is bad, then pretend I said the boss from Dinosaurs or Biff or fucking any villain from an 80s movie. King Koopa from King Koopa, the Super Mario Brothers movie, the good that, Super Mario Brothers movie that, that is good. That for some reason doesn't star Chris Pratt as Mario, the perfect casting uh. choice. 
Sorry, we're filming this like 20 minutes after that news dropped, and we're very excited about it. I am the one experiencing existential dread after that news dropped. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then they they have like they have like anachronistic like like office jobs as goblins, right? And they like raise these anachronistic goblin families, right? Yeah, that's cute. I'm into that. That's a good setting. So, is our main character a like? a beleaguered man of the household goblin is he a beleaguered housewife goblin is it a child goblin Hmm. it's like the three main like like boomer family type members right is you have the working man the housewife and the kid i i would like it to be that there is no main character like each week you follow a different family member it's like A, B, C, sure, and occasionally like, an switch it up. Cast. Yeah. So we should come up with some with some basic characters then. Motherfucking Fred the Goblin. Shout out to Fred. He works his nine to five. You're really into the idea of Fred, so we're going with it. It's Fred. Yeah, I love Fred the Goblin. Fred the Goblin. <laughs> just Fred the um, Goblin. And Can then... his wife be a giant? I don't have anywhere to go. I just think it's a funny bit. Who you see did... his wife is just a foot. Oh, that's just a... funny. And also a little bit horny um, in a way that the comic will never know or acknowledge. It doesn't know that it's horny. It just is. Oh, her name's Abby. Oh, fuck you. But absolutely. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the nice thing about these characters is they don't need to be depthful or interesting. Right. They're, it's the family circus characters. It's, they're just, like, like... You guys have seen the Flintstones, you've seen dinosaurs, you know what we're doing. We need two kids and a baby, right? And then we've, and then we've got it. <laughs> Fred, Abby... Oh, I don't know, Josh and Darla. Fine with that. Um, the brother and sister. And then we should give them some defining characteristics between the two of them. Yeah. The kids, because uh. kids, te- kids are allowed to be slightly marginally more interesting. Yeah, kids are allowed to to do things well we live in a fantasy world so what if like one of them is like a nerd for magic and not necessarily very good at it but like a nerd for it in the way that you have nerd characters and and since they're (laughs) goblins what if another one of them is just fucking feral just (laughs) (laughs) yeah one's just like like the wild thornberries have that brother who only speaks in just like fucking eating shit eating fucking raw meat off of the bone um, like a like a I, goblin's goblin. I I have an idea for like a like a three page comic real quick. I'm just gonna shoot it at you, but like Go. kid who's into magic tries the magic and it blows up in his face, and he goes, "Dad, I'm sad." And the dad goes, "Me too, son." And Yeah, that's a, that's totally a boomer comic. You're absolutely right. Like it feels like there's almost a joke there, but like not quite. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, uh, how how much more, of, like in depth or flavor? Like, are there any side characters or other things you want to go over? Do we give like, them a pet? This... Uh, I I I love the idea of a 
of a fish in a bowl that understands the existential dread. I don't know if you want to oh, yes. keep oh, with that, but I, I, I love that. that idea. Absolutely, I want to keep that, 100%. Is it is it just a fish, or do we do, like, a fantasy thing? We can maybe have it be a magic fish. I'm kind of fine with the idea that it's, like, just a fish and that it's very mundane. I think that's cute, a cute idea. I think both of them could that, work. That is, um, here's an idea. Shoot it down or don't, but, like, Abby the Giant caught a merman and just threw it in a tank because to her it's the size of a goldfish <laughs> yeah that's really funny um uh and our merman just like hangs out and watches tv uh can can fred like what's his what's his activity right because like i want to say bowling but that's fred flintstone but like on his on his saturdays like what does he do with his friends something goblin-y what if he just like goes off and does some war? What if he just does some battles? He grabs a short sword and a shield and he goes off and does some violence off camera. Yeah, I I cuz I had a I had another idea of a fucking I'm I'm gonna shoot another one. Three-page comic, all right? It's it's Fred and the boys. They're just sitting back. Pop up at a brewski. One of the boys goes, "So how do you and the wife uh next panel?" With determination, Josh. Didn't you say Josh is the name of the kid? Fuck! <laughs> it's weird. His name shouldn't be Josh. I mean, I'm fine with the comic otherwise. Yeah, that does yeah. feel like a boomer comic. Absolutely. Um, the nice thing about boomer comics is that it takes very little skill to make them work. Because um, uh, you don't really have to actually make a joke or really a point. Uh, can can like his neighbor be like a like a hippie fawn or a satyr and he's like that guy's never gonna be happy and then he goes into his sad job and he's sad oh absolutely (laughs) yes i'm i feel like i'm gonna draw one of these because it because like you said it doesn't require a lot you fucking i like i like texted you what this episode was gonna be and the only thing that you responded was oh god damn it um and now you're like oh i'm gonna draw some of these characters no 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 no. because because when you said a boomer comic like my brain didn't go to just like oh sunday comic strips it went to the fucking like uh donald trump fighting don quixote being don quixote and then there's the fucking oh like a like a fucking ben garrison thing yeah i went to ben garrison and i was like well that's fucking one joke for half an hour Because I, I like Sunday. I, the Phantom's dope as fuck. I love the Phantom. Lord of the Jungle, baby. The ghost that walks. Do you want to talk about the Phantom for a second? Just for you? I would like. Okay, yeah, just for me. Okay, so the thing that's cool about the Phantom is the Phantom was the first legacy hero. And not in just like, oh, we killed this character, we gave it to another. It is intrinsic part of the lore that the Phantom is a mantle that gets passed down through this bloodline forever. And that's just... It's, it's the first one, and there's, like, it's not like a Steve Ditko Spider-Man where you can go back and be like, oh, this is dope. This, like, like the dialogue's a little wonk, but it, it holds up, and you get what they're doing. But, like, there's such a such a charm and, like, this fun adventure serial feeling to the Phantom. I, I love him. I wish he got more respect than adaptations, and, like, it it's... Like, the scalability of the Phantom is something I don't think gets played around with a lot. Because you can do, like, a serious Phantom. That's what most of them are. But you could acknowledge that this is fucking stupid and dumb and make a joke. And, I, I like, there's a version of the Phantom that's very self-aware and is more of a joke 
that, that someone hasn't made but someone could and it could really stick. And I just, I like him. I like him a lot. I like him. He's purple. Also, big fun fact about the Phantom. Um, but comic printing presses at the time could not consistently print the same color. So in different regions, the Phantom's a different color. So here in America, the Phantom's purple. But in like New Zealand or some shit, he's like teal. And that's just a fun fact about the Phantom. That is a fun fact. But yeah, that's my, uh, that's, that's my, this was, the sci-fi movie was bad. Fucking half an hour in before we see the suit and then he sees the classic suit and he goes that suit's stupid and then he gets a version of the suit that is also stupid I so like thanks it's the worst when they do that because it's a it's you're making the phantom movie on the sci-fi channel if you don't want to make a fucking phantom movie just don't fucking make it don't like don't call me a fucking idiot for wanting to see you put on your x-men costumes in your x-men movie or like have fun, like, because I'm aware that the Phantom's costume is kind of dumb, right? But, like, you, if you want your cake and you eat it, too, you do the fucking Superman 1 thing where every character who doesn't believe in Superman is, like, a cynical jerk and, like, that's Lex Luthor. And then, like, the movie is saying, oh, what, you don't believe in Superman? Are you fucking Lex Luthor, dude? No, you're not. You, 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 you're Superman. You believe in truth and justice and the indomitable unbreakable spirit and camaraderie amongst man do that like you can have your cake and eat it too you don't have the main character then go oh no this thing you like is stupid who does that win over who does that win so newspaper comics right N- newspaper co- yeah fuck it. kathy comics kathy oh ack do we want everyone to should check with, out like, one special feature of this family apiece yeah i think that's where we go darla the feral one is actually a straight a student that's cute i like that Josh has a lot of stories where you're kind of squinting and going like, is this a, is this a, are, is this like a gay metaphor? And we, we never <laughs> fucking the Q and A's come up and it's always like, frog and toad are friends. It's, it's like when I watch fantastic Mr. Fox and they're like, he's, you know, different. And I'm like, it g- gay or Asper. I can't tell. Oh, hold on. I, did, I, I, I thought of a, I thought of a, I thought of another one. Oh my okay. God. You keep going. Go so for it's, it. I keep, I, I keep doing it. So it's Fred and his friend and Fred's like, I sure am a lucky man. Why is that Fred? I signed a prenub. And then you, you cut to like Abby's shoe and on the bottom of it are like smushed other goblins. And it says like divorce papers. <laughs> Lord. That's fucking uh, dark. See? Uh, almost the joke. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my god. I have to read this strip now. What a like weird dark artifact. I'm entranced. Oh, I'm uh, what the uh, what else does Fred do? I want I want Fred to like be really good at a at a form of art that you wouldn't expect him to be good at and they're like you should do this more often and he's like but it doesn't make money fucking viola okay this is gonna be weird but follow me for this ride okay Okay. so like most of the time abby is silent but then because our series gets popular right she she gets like more of the joke like she gets to exist outside of the joke that's like haha giant it's a goblin how does the sex work and like slowly she gets like a character 
and like sass and she like writers are fans and they want to like this thing but they know it kind of sucks so they make her self-aware and fucking you know it existed in the 60s and flash cut to now and someone's writing a think piece and it's like why abby the goblin is actually a feminist icon dating all the way back to right that's my that's my fun thing for abby the giant okay i want um i want fred to have a best friend named roy um who is like a total suck up to the dragon and that's like a convenient way to work the dragon into like normal strips and normal life of interactions with the dragon and roy is like a little bit of an asshole about it and it's not 100 percent clear why the two of them hang out it, do- it definitely doesn't make roy happy either <laughs> and also the dragon isn't happy I- no one's happy yeah, the, the closest to happy is is the mermaid. The mermaid they have all named Bubbles. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he gets it. <laughs> Bubbles is the only one in the entire comic who, like, has it figured out. Oh, no, their, their hippie neighbor, he's happy. Oh, yeah. The, the fawn. Mr. Mr. Not Tomness. <laughs> I just, I like the idea of a fucking one with, with Bubbles, and it's just like... It's easier when you accept it. And and you just zoom in more on his black eye until it's just a whole black panel. Well, that feels like it's a group of characters. Yeah, we did it. We got Bubbles the Fish. We got Abby the Giant. Fred the Goblin. Josh and Darla. Best friend Roy. D- Dragon Trump. I'll, I'll think of something yeah. better. <laughs> we got it. We got our whole village. We got our whole village. Incredible. Well, thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Original Podcast Do Not Do Not Steal. Do Not Steal? Yeah, that's the name of the podcast. Go ahead and join yep. us next week um, when Devin tries to get us to talk about professional wrestling, but instead, uh, we, what are we, it's, it's anime, right? We're talking about... We're going to talk about Inuyasha. Oh! Kagome! Oh, shit, I have Inuyasha! Oh, hell yeah. Oh, fuck, that's exciting. <laughs> We're going to have a special guest and everything, boys. Buckle yeah. your buttholes. And remember, much like the Inuyasha Kagome will haunt me until I die, capitalism will crush me until death, and Amber, I will do everything within my power to monetize this podcast, which is monetizing our friendship, which all comes from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.